You're listening to... Offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics. With your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Good morning, uh, several listeners of the Hard Foul podcast. And welcome back as we are going to dive into the Boston Celtics with your host, Jim Quigley, and myself, Mike Quigley. It's been a really up and down week for the Celtics. They got into the playing tournament and unfortunately lost on the road to the Indiana Pacers. Um, but last night, a very entertaining game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Celtics came out flat, probably because they've had a lot of time off. Uh, Cleveland took an 18 to four lead and Boston really just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And then in that fourth quarter, it looks like Cleveland ran out of gas. Why? The Celtics were locked in uh, over the last couple of games, Jim, and we can spend some time on this today. I think the third quarter is still an area to talk about. The Celtics won the third quarter last night, but also gave up a 13 to two run. Um, obviously, the third quarter in Indiana was a problem, and I think it's more prevalent on the road than it is at home. Um, an impressive win against Knicks as well. And obviously how the Celtics closed the last four minutes last night was impressive. And this look ahead. Um, the Celtics schedule is pretty hard over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they do on some of these tough back-to-backs, these home-and-homes, and this road trip against really good Western Conference opponents. So I'll kick it off to wherever you want to start, Jim, and I will go from there. Yeah, there, there really has been a lot that it, that has happened. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a pod, unfortunately, and and want to say apologize to the listeners for my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather. But, you know, I'll stop last night. Yeah, I, I think you kind of nailed it. The slow start, but, you know, the way they were able to fight back, and I think these type of games are good for teams that want to win a title. Um, you know, they went 26 for 26 from the line. I think, what did they start off? Over for nine for three-point line or something like that, and then ended up being over yeah. 40%. Um, I thought the way they closed the game, particularly in the last four minutes where they – you know, I, I think it was a tie game or a one-point game, and they pushed it to a seven, eight-point lead. Um, you know, the defense really stepped up over those last four minutes, and they continued to get good looks. And the one time they didn't, when Tatum went into an ISO three, they hustled and created a turnover when the Cavs had a fast break opportunity. So they, they are just, um, you know, at home, they, they've, they've become a juggernaut. Um, I know they gave a 13 to two to run in the third quarter at home, but third quarter is really on a problem at home. They, you know, they've outscored their opponents pretty significantly. Um, you know, last night you would consider one of their closest games at home and it's still a seven point margin. You know, it's not like it was a one possession game. Uh, so they, they have continued just to really, um, just dominate, you know, and I, I think that's a really good sign considering, you know, how things have gone there in the playoffs the last couple of years. And I think it's a really good sign of a, a team that's, you know, wants to do bigger things. Usually those teams really clean up at home, you know, especially during the regular se- season, they make a statement. But I, I guess the bigger thing for me is I just want to look at a couple trends um, that, you know, one is worrisome to me a little bit. And I, this league has really become about three-point shooting. You know, the Celtics lost 
you can point to a lot of reasons why they lost to Miami, but more than anything else is they got killed from the three-point line last year yeah. in the conference finals. They got killed. And some of that was luck. Um, some of that was maybe they could have defended the line better. Some of that was them shooting very poorly, whatever. But they did not compete there. Um, against Indiana um, in the playing game, you know, Indiana just outshot them. You know, I was texting you the entire game when it was a two-point game or a four-point game. And I just kept saying the difference here is that Indiana's making their threes, and that's why they're staying in this thing. And the Celtics, you know, were minus, you know, con- uh, continuously through that game. They were minus 12 or minus 15 um, from the three-point line. And then last night, you know, Cleveland's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and they shoot, they shoot well north of 40%, and that is a percentage well, that I kind of dropped. Yeah, when you – when you're doing drop coverage against Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and you let Max Strauss get loose. And I just oh. – I think there's a little bit – I don't think it's a huge alarm or concern right now, but they need to clean that up how they're defending the three um, because not all of this is over – this season, over these last few games, it's just been bad luck. Some of it has been how they've defended that luck. Is how they defend yeah, the three-point uh, line, you know? Yeah. Go ahead, Um I, I definitely think, too, part of this is what we saw a lot of in Milwaukee over the years with the way they defended the three mm-hmm. with Car- with Coach Charles Lee being there, and I think we're seeing some of that this year. Last night, the, they didn't really make adjustments until, like, the last four minutes of that fourth quarter. But really, they were allowing Garland and... Mitchell to just pull up really uncontested for most of the game because they would come off that pick or they would come off a crossover in Horford or Porzingis or Cornette, who was ever in the game, they would drop into the paint and not challenge a shot. And when they're hot as they are, like you have to, you have to switch up and do something different. Like you can't just have, Oh, these are my defensive principles. So I'm going to stick by them. I think that's stupid. That's stupid. I can't stand when, teams operate like that um they were just killing you they i mean in the two of them they it's like the the hoop is bigger at at the garden than any other court in the nba for them but i think this is what we're gonna see i don't know how much better it's gonna get because of the way the celtics play defense now maybe i'm wrong but they can make some slight adjustments to be better but when you're gonna defend the paint as much as they do and they do a good job defending the paint right I think they're going to sacrifice the three-point shot, which I don't know how smart that is in in today's game and how much I agree with that philosophy. I'm not a big fan of it. Well, that was definitely the philosophy of Milwaukee. I thought earlier in the season um, they were getting over those screens pretty well. And, you know, we talked about it, what they were doing in the preseason and the regular season, where it was absolutely a drop coverage. But you you saw – almost um, how Holiday and White were reading the offense and where those screens were coming, and they were able to get over those screens and get out on shooters or to stay with their man, um, you know, pretty consistently. I think, you know, and I don't know if it has something to do with Holiday being a little hobbled. You know, we saw that happen um, at the end of the Knicks game. Um, yeah, 
but you know, you definitely, I feel like there's been a bit of a difference where they, they, they seem to be switching a lot more again. And we're seeing a lot more of the, like you mentioned, that drop coverage and the, those um, Cleveland guards who are just able to, you know, take advantage of it. Now, some of that could have been the game plan against Cleveland coming in. Uh, they have their guards really have not shot the ball well at all this year. Um, Gallon included. They they're one of the worst three point shooting league, teams in the league. So maybe yeah, you know that was the game plan coming in, and Cleveland made them. Um, but I, I, there's been a little bit of a trend with it. Uh, even the Knicks in that first half shot the ball pretty well. You know, the second half they. Jimmy, the Orlando Magic yeah. shot the three well against Celtics. They did. The Orlando Magic. Yeah. They don't shoot the three well against anybody. So I, I do think that needs to be cleaned up. I think we saw at the beginning of the year that they're capable of doing it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what their approach is uh, tomorrow night. The other thing that you hit on, Mike, and I think, you know, you, I'd love to hear from you, but just the schedule. Like, I, not just it's hard coming up. It's been a difficult schedule to start. You know, Oh, it's incredible, isn't games. it? Yeah, I, they played, I think, I, I want to say they're like eleven and three against the top eight teams in the league right now, and you in the East, and you still have yep. three more this week against Cleveland and Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. Teams and, that traditionally kill the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. And yeah. <laughs> eleven and three, you've cleaned up at home. You've definitely struggled on the road, but this is, you know, you got these next three games and continuing out west. And I want to tie this back to uh the the in-season tournament so we obviously as fans wanted them to win it would have been cool to see them play in vegas do you think this was better for the team based off of how this schedule has been to start the season you know that they didn't fly to vegas fly back to boston and then fly back out west you know Mm -hmm. that's that's a lot of travel against a lot of good teams early in the year when you already have a tough schedule is this you know is, by not making it is it better for this team you know health wise and whatnot going forward yeah and i think the other part of it too is that i wasn't a fan of that teams would travel all the way to vegas to play a game and then it doesn't count on your on your standings yeah for that last championship game that is something the nba should fix that makes no sense to me and Part of me was relieved that the Celtics weren't doing that because then you're playing the Lakers three times. And if you won that game, the chances of you winning the next two versus the Lakers and sweeping them 3-0 is really tough. So I just I just thought that was a stupid um, part of it. And I don't understand now, like, the Knicks got screwed. The Knicks have to play the Celtics five times. I know. Be- because of that, how is that fair? You know, that's not fair. That's that's ridiculous. And obviously this year the Knicks can't figure out the Celtics. So a, it's possible they could go 0-5. And that that for a team that has playoff aspirations, that could kick them into the play-in. Um and so I agree. Yeah, I think I think in hindsight it would have been fun, but um it's probably better. And to your point about the Celtic schedule, it's it's funny like how hard it's been. And how hard it's going to be. You would think in the second half there's going to be some easier games. Because I was looking at Philly's schedule. After this week, they're going to have played Washington, the Hornets. Yeah. And um, there's another team I'm missing, another horrible team. 
Um, who am I missing? Jim? Washington, the Hornets. Who's another really and bad yeah, basketball? Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they do they Detroit play. Yeah. Memphis. Ten, ten games. Yeah. Ten games versus those three teams. Um, so you can only imagine what Philly's schedule is going to look like after the all-star break. But yeah, um, this is a tough stretch. And the Celtics traditionally, no matter who the opponent is in these home and homes, they don't win the both of them. They usually go one and one. That's going to be a real challenge for them to keep this undefeated streak going at home. I think Thursday night's going to be really tough. Uh, then they got Friday night back-to-back with Orlando, and then a Sunday afternoon game before they fly out. And then when you look at that that West Coast, they play their last day be- game before they fly out is Christmas. Yeah. So that's the end of their West Coast trip. Oh, yeah. And I know... I know I know we're all excited for that LA game, but we might have a like tired, hobbled Celtics team that doesn't show up on Christmas Day. Yeah, you, I mean, you, it's you just know. it's just human nature to think that that's going to happen. It might, you know. It's also under the spotlight for a team that you know you're going up against LeBron. You 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 anticipate them being up for that, regardless. You don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna adjust, how they're gonna feel. I do think. You know, you talk about these next three. Hopefully, we can see them go two and one and, you know, continue the streak or, you know, even go undefeated. I I think for this team, where they want to go, when you have these back-to-back kind of playoff situations, I I think this week you'd want to see at least three and one. Um, But, yeah, no, the schedule is tough. Uh, Maybe it'll bode well if they continue to win. You know, they're – what, 17 and five right now, 18 and five, 17 and five. So if they continue to win, you know, the, you should have a soft second half of the schedule of the season where they, they should be able to eat and, and take advantage and, and, and do well. But yeah, no, I think if they can go three and one, that, that would be a good way to end this week. But Mike, you know, why don't we end this on just a couple of player thoughts? Um, sure. First. Yeah. And Jim, I think um, there's a good possibility this three and one could happen and the one loss they're going to have is on Sunday afternoon when me and you go to the game. Yeah, the, the last game before yeah. a road trip on a matinee on a Sunday. Yeah, that could that could definitely be the case. Yeah, um, so I, I did want to touch just last night. I thought that a big part of the reason the Celtics were able to dig themselves out of this hole uh, was Peyton Pritchard. He came in, he hit the first three of the game which was big to get them going and then he hit a corner three in that quarter as well that got him within two points. And I think just his shooting spread the floor as well, where it was just in that first quarter, it was just Kalen uh, Brown, who was just out of the game. There was only one guy for the first half of that quarter that scored for the Celtics. It was Kalen Brown. That's how bad things were. And then the second half, uh, I thought we saw more of that when Pritchard came into the game. You know, Hauser was part of this too, but I think it was more Pritchard last night is on the ball defense in that third quarter. Um, so Celtics gave up that 13-2 run, came out of a timeout, threw the ball out of bounds. Next possession came down. Uh, Tatum dribbled off his leg. Uh, luckily, the defense picked up, and it wasn't a 17-2 run. Um, but the bench came in, and and that was a big part uh, in the first half and the second half with their shooting that, that got the Celtics in that game. And then at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Celtics stayed in the game 
with Jalen Brown and the bench unit in. And so I just think overall, Pritchard had a really tough start to the season. He's really picked it up since then. And his shooting, um, I don't know what his shooting numbers look like. I'm just assuming over the last month or so that he's got to be shooting like close to 50% from three. So it's been really impactful um, for them. Yeah, he and he started off the season like three for 17. So he's really got to go. And then Hauser, I mean, his confidence right now and his shot is just through the roof, you know, and he, he's yes. shooting it, you know, you see he's shooting it off the, on the move or, you know, even go to the dribble. Uh, he even like fades away a little bit. He is just, and he, it's almost like a shock when it doesn't go in now. And it, it's just, a, it's such a, it's an interesting the, shot to watch too, because it's kind of high arcing and that doesn't hit any rim at all. It doesn't really feels like it hits the net. And so soft going right through. So, you know, the way he's shooting, um, and it's it's been a while now, too. It's been a while now, and I know he had a run like this a little bit last year, but I feel like it just feels more confidence in his game overall and his shooting. The last thing I want to hit on, Mike, I, I don't know if you caught this. Um, uh, Jason Tatum was on Evan Turner's uh, podcast, and he... They asked him a bunch of things, but one of the things that stood out to me, just because it used to be a storyline here, and it really hasn't been anymore, but they asked him about Boston. And, you know, he talked about initially how he hated Boston, you know, because he blamed, yeah. he blamed the uh, Patriots for the reason the Rams left <laughs> for beating them in 2001. And, you know, the Kobe That's funny. and the Celtics. So it was like it was a sports hatred, which I actually really respect. Um, and then he talks about how much he loves it here now and how it's home and, you know, how much winning is important here and just not winning games and winning the championship. And you're not really mentioned with the great Celtics unless you do that and how much that means to him to want, and there's nowhere else he wants to be. Um, and you've, you've heard, you know, Brown talk about wanting to be here in the city as well. It's just it's it's kind of it's nice to hear uh, you know a guy um as young as they are in a league where it feels like superstars hedge their comments about where they are right where they're playing yeah. consistently and constantly and i i know he he still has um another year before he can sign his extension but he the, he's not he's not being shy about what where he wants to be, you know, and I don't feel like we're going to go into this extension with, you know, yeah. questions about whether or not he wants to stay here or not. And it's just not saying about, no to that money. Yeah. Well, it's not, no way. Well, no, but it's, it's not, not about the money. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's always about the money, but it's, it's always about the money, but it, I, I do feel like all things being equal. Um, he, he wants to finish the job here. And I don't know if that's, you know, has to do with kind of how he was raised. I'm sure it has a lot to do with that. You know, his mom being a single mom and going through law school and, you know, that kind of, you know, finish your job type thing mentality that they must have in that family. Um, but it, it just, it was, um, there was other parts of that conversation that were really interesting too, just about how he wants to raise his kid. And, and he, you know, he, he really does just come across as um a bright, okay. introspective kid. Yeah, you know that. Oh, young man. 
Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that he wants to be here. That's all. That's yeah. All the time he comes off that way, doesn't he? Like he does. Yeah. Um, anytime you hear him speak, I remember there was something over the summer. I don't know if he's at a basketball camp or whatever. He's talking to youth about why he plays every day, why he doesn't take games off, and really, it was about the fans. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, I, oh, like, he got into that too. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. Yeah. I really. That's part of the game you have to respect because, again, in in the league and. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they they take games off and they do it to you know, you know. Yeah, but the, but the way the way he put it though is because I would get on Tatum for not taking games off. I would say you need to, right? Uh, you need to play less minutes. But just in hearing him speak and say, you know, these people are paying for tickets to see me, and some of them, this is like a really big deal to pay for that ticket. I need to be out there. Uh, he goes, I only go to whatever city Phoenix once a year. Yeah. And if I don't play that game, they don't get to see me play. Um, I have a lot of respect for him and we're lucky to have him here. And I hope he gets his championship. I really do. I'm rooting for him. I, I want it really bad for him because uh, he's a really easy superstar to root for. So yeah, yeah it sounds like an interesting podcast. Yeah, it was, it was good. And the last thing I'll say, the other thing he talked about is how much he just loves the game. And you know, which you would expect, but I, I don't think of pro sports that, you know, 